Hello, and welcome back to The Power of Now, A Guide to Spiritual Enlightenment with Gilda and Barbara. We are doing a book study on this book written by Eckhart Tolle, and we hope that you have a copy so that you can follow along. Today, we are on Chapter 8, Section 3, Enlightened Relationships, Addiction, and the Search for Wholeness. My name is Barbara Wainwright, and I am here with Gilda Simone. Welcome, Gilda. Thank you so much. Yay! Glad you're here. You. We, we made it through another week. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I'm glad you're here as well. Thanks. All right. So, addiction and the search for wholeness starts out with a question Why should we become addicted to another person? The reason why the romantic love relationship is such an intense and universally sought after experience is that it seems to offer liberation from a deep-seated state of fear, need, lack, and incompleteness that is part of the human condition in its unredeemed and unenlightened state. There is a physical as well as psychological dimension to this state. On the physical level, you are obviously not whole nor will you ever be. You are either a man or a woman, which is to say, one half of the whole. On this level, the longing for wholeness, the return to oneness, manifests as male-female attraction. Man's need for a woman, woman's need for a man. It is an almost irresistible urge for union with the opposite energy polarity. The root of this physical urge is a spiritual one, the longing for an end to duality, a return to the state of wholeness. Sexual union is the closest you can get to the state on the physical level. This is why it is the most deeply satisfying experience the physical realm can offer. But sexual union is no more than a fleeting glimpse of wholeness, an instant of bliss. As long as it is unconsciously sought as a means of salvation, you are seeking the end of duality on the level of form, where it cannot be found. You are given a tantalizing glimpse of heaven, which you are not allowed to dwell there and find yourself again in a separate body. That makes a lot of sense. The closest we can get to wholeness or feeling whole is in sexual union on the physical level. On the psychological level, the sense of lack and incompleteness is, if anything, even greater than on the physical level. As long as you are identified with the mind, you have an externally derived sense of self. That is to say, you get your sense of who you are from things that ultimately have nothing to do with who you are, your social role, possessions, external appearance, successes and failures, belief systems, and so on. This false mind-made self, the ego, feels vulnerable, insecure, and is always seeking new things to identify with to give it a feeling that it exists. But nothing is ever enough to give it lasting fulfillment. Its fear remains. Its sense of lack and neediness remains okay that just makes so much sense because you want something there is a desire for something well where does that come from is that the ego that needs more right and then when you finally get that something it's like okay that's that's nice 
okay, but now I really want. <laughs> yeah, it's like never enough. <laughs> right? It just keeps going and going and going until you can tame that desire, that ego state that it's never enough because we have this longing for wholeness, which we can't get on the physical level or even the psychological level. It's a spiritual dilemma in my mind that in order to reach that state of nirvana, if you will, you have to let go of the ego and the unrealistic wants and needs of the ego, which is trying to find fulfillment. I have been saying for a while now that I don't want or need anything. I have everything that I could possibly want. I have everything that I need. And I feel so blessed because of that. And I don't know what that means in terms of ego or letting ego go or being enlightened, or if there's any label that goes along with that, other than I feel blessed. <laughs> exactly. I agree with you. But then that special relationship comes along. It seems to be the answer to all the ego's problems and to meet all its needs. At least that's how it appears at first. All the other things that you've derived your sense of self from before now become relatively insignificant. You now have a single focal point that replaces them all, that gives meaning to your life, and through which you define your identity. The person you are in love with. You are no longer a disconnected fragment in an uncaring universe, or so it seems. Your world now has a center, the loved one. That center is outside of you. The fact that you still have an externally derived sense of self does not seem to matter at first. What matters is the underlying feelings of incompleteness, of fear, lack, and unfulfillment so characteristic of the egoic state are no longer there. Where are they? Have they dissolved? Or do they continue to exist underneath the happy surface reality? Ooh, great question. I think it might be an illusion that all of that has seemingly dissolved. I think it's still there. That's my opinion. Let's see what happens. If in your relationships, you experience both love and the opposite of love, attack, emotional violence, and so on then it is likely that you're confusing ego attachment and addictive clinging with love. You cannot love your partner one moment and attack him or her the next. True love has no opposite. If your love has an opposite, then it is not love, but a strong ego need for a more complete and deeper sense of self, a need that the other person temporarily meets. It is the ego's substitute for salvation. And for a short time, it almost does feel like salvation. But there comes a point when your partner behaves in ways that fail to meet your needs, or rather those of your ego. The feelings of fear, pain, and lack that are an intrinsic part of egoic consciousness that have been covered up by the love relationship now resurfaced. Just as with every other addiction, you're on a high when the drug is available. But invariably, there comes a time when the drug no longer works for you. When those painful feelings reappear, you feel them even more strongly than before. 
And what is more, you now perceive your partner as the cause of those feelings. This means that you project them outward and attack the other with all the savage violence that is a part of your pain. This attack may awaken the partner's own pain and he or she may counter your attack. At this point, the ego is still unconsciously hoping that its attack or its attempts to manipulation will be sufficient punishment to induce your partner to change their behavior so that it can use them again as a cover-up for your pain. Wow, that's a really intense paragraph. And I think about relationships that I've been in in the past and how true this paragraph is, or it was true for me, and how manipulative I could have been during the relationship in manipulating for outcomes that made me feel better, that made me feel whole, that covered up pain of loss that I didn't want to deal with. It's very interesting how he so clearly speaks to the addiction and how relationships can be so addicting. He really shines the light on that in this chapter or the sections. Yes, for sure. For sure. Every addiction arises from an unconscious refusal to face and move through your own pain. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Well, let's just highlight that. Every addiction. I think how many people do you know that are suffering from addiction? I know tons that are suffering from addiction. Every addiction arises from an unconscious refusal to face and move through your own pain. And that's exactly it. They're running from, here's the irony of this. They're running from facing their own pain. Yet the addiction itself causes more pain. So it's a vicious cycle of using guilt, shame that comes with the using of whatever the, the drug is, whether it's a person or a substance or activity, right? There's varying addictions. So what, no matter what the addiction is, it's this vicious cycle of they go and use, and then there's the guilt and the shame of using, which causes more pain, which causes them to go and use, which causes more pain, which causes them to go use. It's this horrible, vicious cycle. And the fact is, It arises from the refusal to face and move through your own pain to begin with. So if they would just have dealt with the pain that they felt in the beginning, then they wouldn't have to go through this addictive cycle. I've noticed if you don't deal with the pain, then you're just going to keep living it and living it and living it. And even Mm -hmm. though that pain is so unbearable, like if you would just sit with it, (laughs) like it does transmute yes yes absolutely and i love the process that eckhart tolle talks about and i don't remember exactly where but when you place all your attention on that pain like where is it physically located in your body then place all your attention on that discomfort that energy then that energy eventually transmutes and becomes lighter and then you don't feel it anymore And you are free of that pain. That's a fabulous procedure that he talked about somewhere. I can't remember where. And it works like crazy good to alleviate yourself from pain. It's it's amazing. So 
I'll continue. Every addiction starts with pain and ends with pain. Whatever the substance you are addicted to, alcohol, food, legal or illegal drugs, or a person, you are using something or somebody to cover up your pain. That is why after the initial euphoria has passed, there is so much unhappiness, so much pain in intimate relationships. They do not cause pain and unhappiness. They bring out the pain and unhappiness that is already in you. Every addiction does that. Every addiction reaches a point where it does not work for you anymore. And then you feel the pain more intensely than ever. This is one reason why most people are always trying to escape from the present moment and are seeking some kind of salvation in the future. The first thing that they might encounter if they focus their attention on the now is their own pain. And this is what they fear. If they only knew how easy it is to access in the now the power of presence that dissolves the past and its pain, the reality that dissolves the illusion. If they only knew how close they are to their own reality, how close to God. I love that. So he touches right there on what I was just saying about focusing all your attention on the energy that's in your body that's causing discomfort or causing your mind to register it as pain. If you focus all your attention on that and allow that energy to transmute with the power of now being in the moment, bringing that presence to it and breathe into it eventually and usually very quickly that energy dissipates and you are relieved from that pain so i I love how he speaks to that right there avoidance of relationships in an attempt to avoid pain is not the answer either (laughs) i could testify to that i was single for 12 years it doesn't help to (laughs) avoid being in a relationship the pain's going to be there anyway you really need to deal with the pain and then you can have a healthy relationship (laughs) Right. Oh my gosh. So he says the pain is there anyway. These failed relationships in as many years are more likely to force you into awakening than three years on a desert island or shut away in your room. But if you could bring intense presence into your aloneness, that would work for you too. That's a beautiful section. And he really nails the addiction, the pain that is caused by the addiction, the reality that you think you found nirvana in relating with someone else, you think that this person is bringing you to heaven. The whole thing is that that's an illusion. And as soon as they are gone, you're going to be back and stuck with your pain. So deal with your pain. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I know it's not easy to sit with your feelings and feel that pain, but I promise it's worth it. (laughs) Oh, yes. worth it. Yes. Well said. Well said. All right, everyone. That is the end of this section. Pretty intense. I hope you've enjoyed it. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye, everyone. If you've enjoyed this podcast and you'd like to go deeper into a spiritual conversation, and perhaps even earn a credential as a certified spiritual coach, we encourage you to go to our website, lifecoachtrainingonline.com, and check out our courses, or give us a call at 800-711-4346.